Hey friends, welcome to the Thrive Like a Parent podcast. You know those parents who look like they've got it all together? Yep, that's not me. I'm Dr. Brooke Weinstein, mom, widow, and neuroscience expert on all things sensory and emotional regulation. Yep, that's right. I'm here to get down and dirty on the truth behind parenting, education, burnout, neuroscience, widowhood, and the shit show we call life. So come join me for conversations with thought leaders, doctors, and women just like you who aren't afraid to speak the truth and help you find that silver lining between the to-do lists, shit shows, and chaos of parenthood. If you are craving the answers to finally find that sweet spot between chaos and calm, pull up a seat and listen in as I take you from burnt out and surviving to finally thriving. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Thrive Like a Parent podcast. Today, I am talking about transitions and the crucial role they play with our children, but I'm also going to talk about how important they are for adults because a brain is a brain is a brain. And if you can understand the lens of either one, you'll be able to see it that much more on yourself or with your children, and then be able to have the tools to support those transitions, which I promise I will talk about today. First and foremost, what what is a transition? Like, what, what do you mean by that? So a transition is literally anything that shifts from the norm. Our brain thrives in structure, stability, and control. So examples of transitions are literally leaving the house to getting in the car or leaving the house and going to school. It is summer to school, right? It's winter break to school. It's transitioning from your home to a vacation. It's transitioning from having one parent in the home to both or vice versa, right? It's transitioning from being a single parent into meshing or blending a family, it can be literally anything. So basically the bottom line is transitions happen every single day, like all day long, every single day. And why does this matter? When you transition from one place to another or a different experience, or let's say you even move states, right? Like your brain has to shift and adjust to the new quote norm or the new surrounding or the new stimuli within their system, if you will. I don't necessarily feel that we as parents recognize that and understand that for ourselves as well as we have the awareness when our children are struggling with transitions. And As you know, I give so many examples to try and help you be like, oh my gosh, yes, that's me. Oh my gosh, yes, that's me. So that you can feel tiny bits and parts and pieces of like, okay, now I understand what I'm going through. A transition could literally be you walking in the door from coming home from work. And there's totally different stimuli when you're at work versus your kids running at you when you get home, right? So In order to be able to support those transitions, you first must become aware of those transitions. Now, transitions affect us in many different ways and for a plethora of different times. 
It could literally be five minutes up to weeks. Oftentimes, we look at our child and think this is just their behavior and we need to stop that behavior or we need to nip it in the bud or we need to move on or we like stop crying or all the different things, right? I had an example many, many, many years ago of a parent I was speaking to and she had twins and her twins would even struggle to get out of the car at a playground where there were other children waiting to have a play date with them and they would just cry and cry and cry and cry and cry. And she was like, I don't understand. Like they wanted to go to the park. Like they wanted this play date. They wanted to see their friend. Why can't they get out of the car? Well, their nervous system is literally saying alert, alert. Something is different here. This may not feel safe. I may feel uncomfortable and I don't understand or know these surroundings. It is the range of behaviors or range of reaction, if you will, right? I I prefer to say behavior, but it is like that reaction of why are they crying in the car? Like their friends are waiting for them to play on the playground. Like, I don't understand this. It is a range of reactions which we need to gauge and understand so that we can help support either our brains as adults or our children's brains so that when they get older, they understand this much better and then they can support themselves, right? So if your child is sitting in the car, not wanting to go into the birthday party or not wanting to get out to go play on the playground, instead of us being like, this is ridiculous, just get out the car. I I know you might be exhausted, but instead we need to say, okay, what is different here? And collecting that data of does my child or do I struggle with transitions? And if I do or if they do, I need to become aware of this. And I need to see that that is something that is really hard for their brain. And we need to support them through that. So a lot of times I have parents who they are so excited to go on vacation with their kids. And they're like, "That I should have just stayed home. Like, that was awful. Like, that was that was miserable. Like that it was so hard for my child because they couldn't, their brain couldn't settle into the new norm. And I think I've spoken about this before. One of the reasons last summer I did a nine. Oh yes. Oh yeah. Brooke did it up here and it, it kind of didn't go that well, but I did a nine day vacation with my children was because I was like, okay, it takes about three days for us to transition settle our brain and bodies into the new space, then we'll be able to really enjoy and relax and truly immerse ourselves in the vacation and really enjoy the beach and enjoy all the different things. Well, it didn't quite go like that because transitioning into all the stimuli of the beach and the air and the shit you bring and the stimuli of the sound of the waves and all the people and, and the schlepping the shit to the beach, like it didn't quite go as planned. However, I learned a lot and I learned a lot of the struggles that we as a family endure and what we can do for next time. I never, ever, 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 ever look at a situation and think to myself, okay, that went terrible. I think to myself, okay, that was data collected. Got it. What can we do next year? Or what can we do for next time? Or how could this have been supported better? I also have families who 
their kiddos literally struggle to leave the house. They're melting down. They're struggling. They don't want to go into the birthday party. Maybe they're melting down at the birthday party. And we have no idea why. Maybe you're going into social settings. Maybe you're going into a social experience and networking something or other. And you're like, oh my gosh, I'm so uncomfortable. I can't, like, I can't wait to get home. But you have no earthly idea why. It's because your brain and your body's like, eh, I don't want this stimuli. So there was a client, again, many years ago, another client who their child would melt down for 30 minutes to an hour to even get in the car. And once we started working together, I helped them be able to identify that they just moved states They weren't in their normal surroundings anymore. They used to live with their family. Now they don't anymore. The child was struggling, had no idea what was going on, where they were, or the safety was completely ripped out from underneath them. And they were scared to go anywhere because they were still trying to get their bearings of just living in a new place. Nonetheless, going to a brand new bounce house or this or that. And We need to first and foremost, and that's why I'm giving you so many examples of this. So you can like kind of see maybe your own child or see an experience where you're like, oh, that's what that was. We need to be able to first and foremost, before we do anything else, before I give you any other tools, you need to be able to become aware of like, ding, ding, ding. Got it. That is a transition. That is a struggle. And when you have that awareness, the way that you react or respond or support your child becomes that much more different. I'm going to give you another example, an adult example. Charlie just went to sleepaway camp for two weeks. It is the first time that A, he's ever gone to sleepaway camp and B, the first time I've ever been away from my child for that long, for two weeks. And the first few days were like, there was a literally a limb like a limb detached from my body, almost as if it was like phantom limb syndrome, if you will in a sense of like something is going on with my brain and body. It's literally going haywire because I'm not used to not having him home. Another example for adults is the transition from not having kids to having kids. That hands down can take time and a big toll on your brain and body, but yet we don't really think of it as that. We think like, oh, we should be able to keep it together. Like we should be able to just keep going. And like, this is totally normal that my life has totally changed. And in like a blink of an eye, that's a transition for your brain. Like it's, it's taking time to navigate and process the world around you. And another one is, let's say you, you break up with your partner or your spouse or or a boyfriend or a girlfriend, like your brain is going to be like, hold on, like this feels uncomfortable. Like I'm used to having this here. That's a transition as well. And again, it goes back to the awareness. If you have the awareness, then you can step into, okay, what do I do in these moments? What do I do? And for this, I'm going to really focus more in on how do we support our children? And I'll probably give you some examples of adults as well. Like how do we support our brain? But really it matters most when parents come to me and they're like, oh my God, my child is just like melting down. I do not know what to do. Like they're at the birthday party. I thought they they were going to be so excited. And then they were so excited. And then once they got there, they just like, like, what do I do? Right. Or, oh my gosh, having such a hard time transitioning to school or all the different things. The first thing you can do besides awareness is set up the situation, set up the situation and show them as much as you possibly can 
to help them become aware of what's about to happen. So if they're going to a birthday party in a place they've never been, show them pictures of the place, discuss with them the schedule, let them know ample amount of time. Remember, this is where we're going. This is where we're going. Yeah. Now we're not going to do it to a point of pushing it for days and days or weeks and weeks to the point where they get anxious about going there. Just like the day of, just give them some awareness of, hey, this is what we're doing today. Doesn't that look like fun? We're going to boost it up. We're going to give them some excitement and all the different things. Okay. Now, despite the setting up the situation or, hey, we're going on vacation. This is, this is what the place looks like. This is what the hotel looks like. This is this, this is that. Despite setting up the situation, if we still struggle the day of or the week of or whatever it is, I want you to keep moving forward. Okay. So let's say your child is struggling and can't get in the car or melting down. We want to continue moving them in the direction that we want to go. We want to continue allowing their brain to say, I'm going to keep going despite the discomfort. I'm going to keep going despite the fear. I'm going to keep going despite the lack of knowledge of where the, where the heck this is leading me to. We need to keep them in that moving forward direction. Okay. You can ask them things like, how do you feel right now? Again, if their brain is offline and they're completely melting down, they're not going to be able to tell you that, right? But if they are aware and they're really struggling or they're afraid of where they're about to go, you can say, how do you feel right now? Thank you so much for sharing. It is more than okay to feel that way. We're going to keep, and then like, boop, let's keep going. Yeah. I've seen over the years, clients who I've worked with, First and foremost, their kiddos are just simply melting down all the time, going anywhere new or transitioning into anything, that it just makes such chaos in the home. But year after year, as we work together, we'll see a transition in terms of behavior within their children where it's now like, I really don't want to go there. Or like, oh, I just really want to stay home. Or like, oh, I just, I, like they'll verbalize what they need or they'll verbalize how they're feeling. And that doesn't mean that they're not uncomfortable going to the thing, but it does mean that we have taught them over time to become aware of what's going on, to recognize what's going on, and to verbalize what's going on. And again, we don't have to shift or change, but them speaking up is like the ultimate goal of them saying their needs or expressing themselves because then they have awareness so then they can take care of themselves as adults, right? Now, for adults... We have to become aware that the discomfort in our brain, that transition, whatever we're feeling, like I felt the last two weeks while Charlie was gone, I looked it dead in the eye and I said, okay, I know what this is. I know why I'm feeling this way. I got this. Yeah. So it's the ability to say, okay, brain, I understand that you're going a little haywire at the moment. It's very understandable. You've never had Charlie not here for nine years, like you've never been away from him for two weeks in nine years. That's a lot of patterning in my brain of like, I've always got to take care of Charlie. Where's Charlie? Where's Eli? What, like, where's, you know, what's the schedule for him? What's the schedule for you? All the different things, right? My brain had to be like, oh, no, I don't have to worry about that this week or next. Like, okay. And so I was able to say, nope, I understand the discomfort. I'm not going to fall apart. I'm not going to become dysregulated. I'm going to support the emotions and feelings and I'm going to take care of myself and I'm going to regulate myself and I'm going to do what feels necessary to satiate the discomfort in my brain, right? So let me kind of dissect that even farther for you because it's super important that you understand this. 
When there is a transition, your brain is feeling discomfort. We as parents have to support a child's brain into helping them become aware of the discomfort. However, when we as adults feel that discomfort, it is up to us to take care of ourselves because we understand what that feeling is. We understand why. Or if you don't, we can become aware of it. That is what we are learning here, right? But for children, they're not quite there yet. So we have to guide them through the process of helping them become aware, having lots of conversations of like, hey, how did that feel? Yeah, that was a new place. I can totally understand. It feels wildly, yep, I get it. Like that feels uncomfortable, totally understandable. Let's discuss what would help. Okay, so we want to set our children up for the most success possible. And we can do that with our caregivers, our family, our teachers, our our camp providers. Like we can do that all over the place. We just have to become aware that our child's brain is not yet ready to deal or become aware. Now, what do I see when adults, like when we have no awareness, that's when we walk in the door, our children are bombarding us with so many, mommy, 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 or daddy, daddy, daddy. You're like, all the different stimuli, and then you snap because you're overstimulated because your brain is not used to that, right? So for instance, collecting data for me now that Charlie is back home looks like, wow, Eli and I fell into a really great flow. That felt really great. There was totally less stimuli because it was just two of us. Eli is for sure my subdued, chill dude. He, he That's just his nature. And my brain over the last two weeks got used to that amount of stimuli. My brain got used to more of just fielding one little human's questions and just fielding one little human's emotions and just fielding one little human's requests and needs. Like I got used to that. So then now that Charlie's back immediately, yes, because this is my life and I do this work and it is okay if you don't have this awareness. It is 100% okay if this doesn't show up for you. It takes time and a lot of effort and work and that's what we do together. But immediately I could say, wow, I can feel, like I can literally feel the difference of my revved engine of that like uh, emotional and sensory dysregulation coming up. I can feel it, I'm a little bit more heightened Because now I've got two mouths talking to me and two humans requesting needs and two humans to make sure are safe in a parking lot or or to make sure that they're fed or to make like, now I've got, you know, I've duplicated the stimuli, right? I had one, now I've got two, right? So now my brain is transitioning back into, okay, I see that this is more and I know that I can support my brain and I know that I can take care of myself, as well as this might be a transition for Charlie and Eli because Eli was the only child for two weeks. He got all of mommy's attention. And now Charlie's home and he's like, mommy, 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 I'm so glad to be home. Charlie was just at summer camp and having a blast. That was a completely different experience than what it is at home. And so it's going to take his brain some time to kind of get back in the rhythm and and understand even maybe some of the boundaries of like how it works around here versus camp. Same with Eli, like, oh, wait, now I have to share the mic? Like, oh, you know? And so that again is that co-regulation piece of 
how we do that together and the time that it takes, it varies. It varies of how old your child is. It varies of how big the transition is. And I've spoken this over and over and over. And I say this a lot because I really, really do want you to collect data in terms of, okay, why is my child having a hard time with transitions? I want you to look back. I want you to see what's going on in the last week or two, maybe even the last month. I want you to look at what's coming up, what's ahead, right? To say, okay, could this be some foreshadowed anxiety of us about to go on a trip? Or could this be, oh, right, got it. They're struggling because they were just at, you know, the co-parent's house and now they're back home. Or maybe one of the parents flies and travels a lot for work. Got it. I see this pattern now of when mom or dad is gone, we get into a transitional state of, got it, there's one less person in the house. Oh, it ramps up when they come home, right? The awareness of what happens before, what happens after, collecting that data is key. Key to find patterns, literally to find those patterns. And then once you find the patterns, you can support the patterns. And as a reminder, threes, right? A transition could be three days, three weeks, three months, three years, three minutes, three hours, go by threes and really lean into that and check in of like, okay, how did my body feel today versus tomorrow versus the next day? Oh, wow. And allowing that time to pass will give your brain and body and your child's brain and body time to adjust. Now, I want to say one other like side note here of, I can just imagine the question and questions stewing in your brain of, so what happens if I bring my child, like you told me to push, keep going, push forward. But what happens if I bring my child to the birthday party, they're still melting down and they're not really engaging with the kids there. They've made it, they've done their deal, but they're like begging to go home. If they have successfully completed the task in some form or another, or you get them out of the car for the play date, but then maybe it's time to see that, you know, they've gone as far as they can. It is okay to be done. It is okay to say, okay, we've pushed as much as we can. It's time to be done. Even if your child comes up to you and they're like, I think I'm ready to go. Like, listen to that. They're verbalizing something rather than melting down. Listen to their verbal cues, right? And again, if they're the one crying in the car, not ready to get out to the playground, I want you to push in terms of keep moving forward when you must get them in the car, go to the park, get them in the car, go to school, get them in the classroom, right? Like maybe you need to get to work. So you have to keep pushing forward, but trust and know that it is okay for them to be where they're at. It is okay for them to feel the discomfort. Even if you're like, I don't know what's going on with them. They're still crying, but I got them out of the car and like, Ugh. like it's okay. Their brain is navigating all of that. And some kiddos have a harder time than others. Some adults have harder times than others. That's why we enjoy the safety of home. A lot of extroverts don't feel the transition as much as introverts, if you will. And the extrovert and introvert is honestly just a word that we really should relate back to the nervous system of like, how does our brain and body feel when we transition from one thing to the next? It is okay if 
Transitions do not bother you. It is okay if they wildly bother your partner. It is okay if they wildly bother your child. It's okay if one child is wildly affected and the other one's not. I hear so often, so often, I literally heard this yesterday on a call with someone. They were like, I feel broken. I feel like my brain doesn't function the way the rest of the world functions. I feel like my brain is different from everyone else. Yep, that's correct. It is because every single brain functions differently at varying different degrees or fluency, or maybe you do something a little bit stronger than your partner or this or that. Like all of our brains are made up completely different. And somehow we have it in our brain on a societal level that we should all look different. I mean, don't even get me started on like diagnosing and all the different things because it puts a label of like, quote, disorder, right? Like what if it's just okay to understand how your brain functions? That doesn't mean that it's neurodivergent or disordered or broken or like it's, it's not anything except knowledge, knowledge and awareness. And so the next time that you see your child struggling or the next time that you feel a struggle or the next time that you're feeling wildly uncomfortable, check in with yourself Ask yourself what has changed, what is different, what is going on in your brain and body, and allow it to be okay. Accept it. Don't shame it. Don't guilt it. Don't anything it. Just say, hmm, okay, got it, right? Like when Charlie wasn't here and I felt wildly uncomfortable, I wasn't like, get it together, Brooke. Come on, like you can do this. Stop it. Don't be a wimp. No, I was like, okay, this is totally understandable. Totally understandable. I understand why. And I'm going to support that and I'll make it through. And it might feel uncomfortable, but I know I can do this. I know I can do hard things. I know I can do uncomfortable things. And that's what we want to teach our children. And so the next time you walk into your house and you recognize you're wildly overstimulated because of that transition, ask yourself, how do I feel and what do I need? Maybe you need to go in your closet and take some deep breaths. Maybe you need to ask your partner, hey, I think I need to just take a walk around the block really quickly. Or you request your needs with your children. You say, hi, I love you so much. I'm so happy to be home. I just need a moment. I love you. So I'll play with you in two seconds, right? Not two seconds, but give yourself a few minutes. Yeah. It is okay to feel all these things. It is okay to become aware of them. And I think I've said the word aware 9,000 times in this podcast episode, but that's the truth. That is hands down where it starts is collect, 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 collect the data. Because from the data, you can know, okay, my child really struggled when I went to the playground the other day. And so if I set up the situation, they may struggle. It doesn't mean just because I'm doing what Brooke says, it it may not mean that it, it miraculously changes everything, but I'm working towards a goal of allowing them to feel safe in an uncomfortable situation. And let's see what happens this time okay, maybe that helped a little bit, but they definitely struggled a little bit. So maybe I can talk them through it a little bit more of like, okay, we're almost there. Okay. One of the questions that we ask on a lot of the assessments is, does your child struggle when you shift from the normal routine? And that is a question when we are looking at a diagnosis of ADD, when we're looking at a diagnosis of autism, when we're looking at sensory processing disorder, like there's many different reasons why we ask that. But 
it is understandable, no matter diagnosis or not, struggle or not, it's understandable that you may feel discomfort when there's a shift from the normal routine because your brain is trying to figure it out. And that is okay. That is 1000% okay to feel the discomfort. Yeah. And what happens and how we get dysregulated is we ignore the awareness and we push and push and put, no, 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 this feels uncomfortable. Keep going. Like find something, satiate, satiate, emotionally eat, drink this, that like we don't even recognize. So when you become aware, it's that much more evident that you have the capacity and the power to support your own brain rather than ignore it and move through it and move through it in a very unhealthy way. I know that understanding, becoming aware, and hearing some of these tips and tools doesn't cure or fix the, let's call it, struggles and chaos within your home. I know that. I very much know that. But if you heard my example a while ago of I've worked with a client for years where I see the difference in their child, I need you to trust that every day your child's a day older and you are working towards a goal. And it will not always be like this, just like you finally got your child to sleep through the night, just like you finally got your child to taste, I don't know, a piece of broccoli, or you finally got your child to enjoy school or or daycare or, or, you know, be able to be held by another human besides yourself or be able to wean off of, you know, breastfeeding. Like your child is able to do these things. Might it take a little bit of time? Yes. That is the struggle. That is the piece that we as parents are wanting that immediacy. But to finally wave the white flag and say, okay, like this is just where we're at. It's excruciating. There's even some grief in it of like, oh my gosh, like this is what? Like you're telling me that like there's no cure here? There's support, but we cannot fix. We cannot fix immediately. We have to support over the long haul and consistency is key. So when you're in that struggle, when you're like, I just want this to end or when it shows up or you think it's gone and then it shows up again and it comes back, Not all hope is lost, and it is not going to be like this forever. But that does mean that we do need to keep forging forward and supporting our child in exactly where they're at. And it is okay for them to be exactly where they're at, just like it's okay for you. We all have different seasons of our lives. Sometimes we feel struggle. Sometimes we feel great. Your child's allowed that too. And it's okay to support them simply where they're at and own the exhaustion and struggles and chaos and all the different things for yourself through it. That is the part of co-regulation, right? Of like, it's okay for them to struggle and it's okay for you to struggle through supporting them through that struggle. So until next time, take care of yourself. XOXO, Dr. B.